0: Welcome to Sports Talk with R and J. I'm your host Steve Risser, along with my co-host Justin Anafrio. And under the original plan, today would have been the start of spring training in Major uh, Baseball. But baseball and the Players Association had other ideas. But the good news is, is it looks like we're getting closer to a deal that could potentially get done. Because on Monday, the uh, the the uh, it was the the owners. How was it the was it, was it, was it the owners of the players Justin I think it was the uh
1: the I think it was the MLB came out with it. Oh yeah. MLB proposed the 76 game
0: oh, schedule. yeah, MLB yeah, MLB proposed the 70 uh Six game 76 game schedule with the uh with the, with 75% of the prorated salaries and uh the season would go from I think the uh, middle of July till the end of September yes. and then uh the, the players association yesterday, it's my bad. I got that wrong. I'm sorry. I got a little confused there. But uh, in in, in July had a, uh, it, you know, and the, the players association came up with a counter proposal to start in July, a 89 game season that would, uh that would go until the middle of uh the middle of October. And then would, would have 16 teams making the playoffs. That's something I really don't like. That's why I don't, I probably like this proposal a little bit better because there's, there's more games, but I don't, I, I, the, the, the first proposal more cause there's more games, but then the, this one more cause there's more games, but the, the, the second, the, the playoff teams, I don't like it because I mean half the league making the playoffs, you become the NBA and you become the NFL. I mean, I, I just don't like, I, I, I don't really like that. I, I like the first proposal. I don't love the amount of, amount of 76 games. I like 89 games more than 76, but I like the fact there's only 10 playoff teams instead of, uh, instead of uh, 16.
1: Yeah, um, I, yeah that's the only problem with the 89-game schedule. Is, yeah, 16 teams in Major League Baseball, that's too many for playoffs. Cause, you know, I could kind of see it more being all right in the National League, where in the NL East you have four teams that could be but battling for the division, the NL Central. Both, you know, have like eight teams right there that could be playoff teams, um, but that's you know, it, out in the American League, it's, there, there's not that many, there's not as many. So yeah, I don't like it as well. The only thing I heard is the wow, well, the players said that the seventy games, the seventy-six game proposal is the worst one that they've had, and then the owners called the eighty-nine. when the MLB PA proposed the eighty-nine game schedule? the owner said this was a waste of time. So, to I me, mean, it really doesn't – just, they just both seem like they're off On still nowhere near each other. And, um, you know, I heard too, like, MLB would lose like a billion dollars in TV revenue if there's no playoffs. Um, I think – and it sounds like the only reason the way that they're going to – the players are going to agree is that they get 100% um, – rate of salaries. It does not seem like they're going to take anything less than that. And the more and more that we keep waiting, the less and less chance that the owners are actually going to give them that. So, it kind of seems like they're still kind of so far off, and it's it's disappointing, and it's not good. And I guess there is talk – MLB starting to talk about a 48-game schedule. could be the next one that they kind of propose. Um, they're still just – I don't know. It's no, not good.
0: I think that's the way we're heading to the forty-eight games. I know that's that's not what a lot of uh, sports fans or baseball fans want to hear, but I think we're trending towards the forty-eight games. But it seems like the last couple of days there is a little bit of hope that there is a small chance there could be a deal done. Now, there's no way they're gonna they're gonna be. Uh, the owners are going to go for the players 89 game proposal at all. And there's no way they're going to they, the uh player's are going to go for that 76 game proposal, but there is a way they could meet in the middle. And, and I think there is a chance. Cause I was listening to Jeff pass and said, so there's a chance they could, they can end up meeting in the middle and end up maybe 72 games and, 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 and uh, starting the season in mid July and then, and then ending it in, uh, in uh, at the end of September. And the biggest thing here too is, is, the prorated salary for the players it's it's pretty much the thing they care about the most there's no way that's going to get cut. that's the one thing i think we've learned this week is there's no way that prorated salary is getting cut. the the players are the players are not are not taking another pay cut like they did back in march they're just not doing it and i think eventually i think this thing is going to is going to the, the negotiators are going to continue. I don't think they're going to come up with a deal, but I think eventually, and I did think there wasn't going to be baseball, but I still, and at this point now, I think there's going to be a 48 game season. I think eventually the owners are the owners and Manfred's going to cave because Manford knows if he can if, if there's no season with everything that's going on, I said this last week, and, and the biggest reason is money. There's no way Manfred's going to be able to survive this. So I think eventually we're going to have baseball, but in a very abbreviated form and have a 48 game season.
1: Yeah, which would stink. But yeah, that's kind of where you're trending to right now. Because yeah, you're already getting the, you know, yeah, today was supposed to be spring training for that first proposal. And clearly that's not happening. So yeah, and I know it's got to end too. They like the MLB wants to end at the end of September because they're afraid of a second wave of the COVID. So they don't want the playoffs to be canceled. So it seems like they really want to set date at the end of September. And yeah, at this point, you're gonna have to just do 48 game schedule. Um, I'm still, I don't, know. I know like a month ago after the first one, I was I was a little bit hopeful. I know the target to meet me in the middle. I just, how late, or how you know, how much longer are the owners gonna wait until they do kind of cave in? Like, uh, you know, I, you know, I, I'm still kind of. I could kind of both ways I still I, I just I don't know I still just think the players are gonna want the hunt. I don't think the owners are ever gonna give it to them. and you know I that maybe Manfred steps in and kind of talks to the owner just you know tries to like swing it and keep it he, keep his job by talking to the owner about giving him the 100% sal, uh, parade salary. I just don't know if the owners are ever gonna give are gonna um Invest in that. I don't. I, you know, that's where I don't really see that. See them having a season right now.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's 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 up in the air. I think it's it's right now. It's 50 50 I mean, I think we're definitely, as I said, we're definitely looking at the forty-eight game season in, instead of the seven instead of the uh you know the eighty-nine game season or the seventy-six game season. I mean, it just and 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 in the sport from the beginning, it just these two sides. of This is actually the closest I think they've been in a while. I mean the fact that MLB, they said last week, they weren't going to make another counter proposal, They did make another counter proposal. So I think they're getting a little bit closer than we think. But again, I would not be shocked if they don't have a season. So say, say they do have these two seasons though, to think of the structure of, of, of both of these, of both these seasons. And uh, I would say if they have like an, say they have, which is, which is impossible. So we're not going to even say if they have an 89 game season, but say they have like a, they somehow meet in the middle. and and end up having a 7-2 game season for prorated salaries. Say say, say they do that. Uh, I would think that they would probably – I don't know if they keep the same model, but most of the games would probably be divisional games. In my opinion, most of the games would be divisional games. I don't know if they would have a, if they play interleague play, maybe they, maybe you play one series against the, like say the, they like say the Yankees and Astros apply, play, probably just play one series. Same thing. So the Yankees will probably just play teams like the, like the Astros and Indians just one time. Even if it doesn't matter if it's home or away, they could, they could, they could split up those. So they probably play maybe three games against them and play mostly divisional games and maybe interleague games, games in your, in your division, uh, like the Ales plays the, plays the NLEs, just like the, what was brought up in the other proposal and in then in the, in the original proposal uh, uh, from from the owner. So, I just think I just think that uh, it's it's up in the air right now. But if we had a seventy six game season, that's how I think it, it would be structured.
1: Yeah, it sounds like you know if that does happen, it sounds like they do want to. I don't think the players want to just play their division and then. Um, like um, let's say just American e- League East, like you know, all teams American League East just face each other, and then they'll face the National League East as well, and that's it. That's what it sounds like the players want to do. Now, if it's something like where most it's going to be like Florida and Arizona or Texas or whatever, like spring training, you know, and keep it kind of that way, I can kind of see where you could actually kind of maybe play like teams out of out of your division and, and all that, but. Um, cause I don't know, I don't think every team's to be able to return home for the summer to play in their own parks. And I think even if they do, there's no point, or, you know, of long distance travel, even though I know like, you, you know, New York and Tampa, um, you know, or you, you're going to have to jump on a plane and do that, but most likely it's probably going to be all kind of, you know, like spring training type, um, places I can, so I can kind I can see that happening. Um, but it seems like that's what the players want. They're kind of getting close because you're gonna, you know, I think it's uh, 76 days from now, or 77 until like September 27. So by the time they figure this all out, you're gonna have to play a lot, a lot of double headers if this is what they, if they want to play like 72, to, you know, 76 games, you're gonna have to play a lot of double headers.
0: I think it'll be like 72 games if if they come up with if they come up with a deal in the, in the next week or two, maybe the next week, it'd probably be 72 games starting in the middle of
1: July. Yeah. Which, you know, still is a decent amount, you know, and I know they kind of the players want the 20 man taxi um, with the minor league, which would help um, with the bullpen and all that, but it's still, you know, um, I, I keep, you know, I kind of see it happen. I, it, a lot of double headers would be, you know, really different, but I can kind of, you know, again, I'm still kind of up in the air. I just, you know, I just don't know. Uh, I, I, it, you know, it sounds a little bit that they are starting to kind of work together because I think they do know that they they need a season. I think they're starting to kind of figure that out. Like they have to play some games, you know, no matter the no matter the amount they're going to have to play something.
0: Yeah. And say that it's a 48 game season. I think if it's a 48 game season, all they're going to do is just games against your division because it makes sense. If You have five teams in the division. So you, there's four other teams you play in the division. You play them all 12 times, 12 times four equals 48. So I think it would make perfect sense. I think that's where they're going. If they go to the 48 game schedule, there's, I think all every game is going to be against teams in your division. I don't think there's going to be any other games you're going to play outside your division. And they, and we'll see how many teams end up making the playoffs. We don't know yet how many teams will make the playoffs, but if they play the 48 game season, I think it's just going to be against teams in your division.
1: Yeah, and that, may, that makes a lot of sense. And I think that's probably, if they do do that, they, that's how they should structure it. Because um, it's, you know, we so le- with so short of a season. I think you have to do that for the type purposes and just, you know, restrictions of all, you know, partisan traveling and all that. Um, you know, only thing is, though, with, I know the forty game schedule is what, you know, you're going to, you know even with 72 or 76 i think it's going to hurt they you know like maybe guys like a mookie Betts or you know maybe aren't going to step on the field to play you know that's kind of the only you know worry about it but i think at, even at 48 or 76 i think it's going to happen um but yeah i could definitely i think that's a smart way to go and i think it does sound like that's that's going to happen it's probably probably going to have to do that if it's for a 48 game schedule
0: yeah just play team in your division so to recap the uh, two proposals and and we'll and we'll just recap right now the the first proposal obviously by by the by the owners on monday 76 games and with the players getting 75 percent of their prorated salary with 10 teams making the playoffs and and i don't like the amount of games and i said it earlier in the show i don't like the amount of games but i do like the 10 teams making the playoffs versus the 89 game season with the full uh, prorated salaries. That's so what the players proposed, and 16 teams to make the playoffs. And I don't like that. And even worse, what I don't like about that is in 2021, they would have the same format, which I think is absolutely ridiculous. Say they play 162 games, you have half the league make the playoffs. That is absolutely ridiculous to have half the league make the playoffs. The fact, or, or just, and, and if they're going to do it, just do it this year. Don't do it in 2021 when there'd be a normal baseball season. I think it's absolutely ridiculous.
1: Yeah. The only thing, um, yeah, I, I don't agree. I don't like that. The only, thing would if they will carry on to next year make the trade deadline fun. I well I guess nobody you know I guess this but you know, sixteen teams but yeah, I think there's t- I think there's too many teams that make the NBA playoffs and the NHL
0: playoffs. Sixteen teams come on you can't have sixteen teams. That's more than in baseball that's more than half the league. And that's the, that's how it is in the NBA and the NHL. Sixteen teams. More than half the sport making the playoffs, that takes away uh that takes away making the postseason. Cause I remember back in the days in baseball when yeah, years ago it was two teams, but mm-hmm. I think we went when, back when Joe was growing up, only four teams made the playoffs. They just had the AL West champ, the, the uh, AL East champ, the NL West champ, the NL East champ. Only four teams made the playoffs. Now we're looking at to, to times that by four, 16 making the playoffs. That makes no sense at all. That's why I don't mind the 89 games, but I can't stand the 16 teams making the playoffs.
1: Yeah, no, because how the teams usually are done by June and July and just tank the rest of the season. I. I It may make the regular season a little bit more competitive, maybe. Maybe. But, I, I, yeah, I don't like the 16. That just – because your postseason is going to go to November, December. And, like, like, playing a World Series game in New York, you know, who knows? Maybe give a blizzard, you know, for game six of the World Series. You know, you you never know. Yeah, I don't like – I don't like that. Baseball is kind of different, too, because it seems like there's – especially, you know, there's – like six seven teams maybe eight you know somewhere around there that can make the playoff seems like and then the rest of the leagues just kind of fifteen 20 game back of a wild card you know like it just seems like half you know some of half the teams are competitive half the teams you know or more than more than half of the teams are less or not really competitive so maybe a fewer that that are competitive so yeah, it makes no sense I don't like that uh sixteen game or sixteen game yeah playoff. Yeah. um yeah i i that, that just – it wouldn't make it – wouldn't really make the playoffs any interesting at all.
0: Yeah, yeah. And, that, and the thing is you start getting, like, teams that go 80 and 82 or 81 and 81 making the playoffs. You get 500 teams making the playoffs, which that's just like an eight seed in the NBA who gets knocked down in the first round. It makes no sense to do that.
1: Yeah, it, it really doesn't because it just makes the series even longer. It makes the season go – I mean, it makes the whole season go even longer. Less of a um, off season. It just, yeah, like they, if Yankees are like a one seed plan, and they maybe like a, I don't know, like Angels or well, I you say Angels have some, or like a Texas, like they should win that thing in three, you know, it just wouldn't make it any fun. I think the fun of the Angel League playoffs is, you know, you only get to five teams. Every every series is just. You really never know, and I think that kind of some of those 1st round matchups, you kind of know are going to be sweeps or maybe four games. Maybe the 18 steals one at home. Maybe steals game three at home. Yeah, I just I just don't I just don't like it.
0: Yeah. So we'll end up seeing what happening. We'll see what the players and owners do next week. But we're going to shift our attention to football. And on Monday, Dalvin Cook said that he will no longer participate in team activities until he gets a reasonable deal. And he had a he had a really he had a really Good season last year, great year. I mean, ran for over over 1,100 yards, 13 touchdowns, had over 500 receiving yards, and he was the biggest reason. I say the the Vikings got by the Saints in the playoffs. Had 94 rushing yards, two touchdowns, two touchdowns, and over 130 all-purpose yards. So he had a he had a great year last year. And and we saw the game against the Forty Nine ers when he was shut down. The Vikings' offense couldn't do anything. The game he didn't play against the Packers, uh, the, the Vikings' offense couldn't do anything. I think this, 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 he, I, right now, I would not give him Christian McCaffrey money. No way I would give him that kind of money. The reason is, is the biggest reason is durability. The guy's missed 21 games in three years. I mean, that's just way too many games to miss in that many years. He's had one really good season, and that was last year. Yeah, his first year in 2017, his rookie year, he tore his ACL. In 2018, he missed five games with a hamstring injury. So I'm not giving him Christian McCaffrey or, or even Ezekiel Elliott money. I'm not. I'm not giving that kind of money. But looking, looking at, but Dalvin Cook, I think, kind of want, wants close to that money. He wants more than 13 million a year. The the money that you know David Johnson and Le'Veon Bell make, even though grantedly those two guys are grossly underpaid, overpaid. He, he I think he wants, and right now he wants a contract to over 13 million a year. And he's he's a he's arguably a top five running back in the league. I mean, yeah, you might with 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 Zeke with. Barkley with, McCaff, with McCaffrey with Henry with Chubb he's arguably a top five running back in the league but with the durability of his, with his durability and the Vikings you know in, in you know and the, with their durability being an issue and and the Vikings you know having to death to pay Kirk Cousins they still have to pay Adam Thielen you got Anthony Harris who's still playing who's, who they might have to give a big contract to too is it worth giving him 14 million a year knowing the uh, the, the 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 lifespan of running backs in this league. Look at Todd Gurley. The Rams gave him his big contract two years ago. He's he already got released now, and he's on the Falcons. So it's just hard to give these running backs the kind of money uh, that 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 they want. You know, Ezekiel Elliott and Christian McCaffrey kind of set the market to sixteen, fifteen, sixteen million dollars. But with knowing how good running, you know, the run game is very important in the NFL. I'm not saying the run game isn't important but the lifespan of these running backs, usually the best running backs, their prime years are seven to eight years. Do you give, uh, do you give Dalvin Cook 60 million a year? Right. It's close. It's it's tough for me to say, but right now I say, I don't think so.
1: Yeah. I'm with, uh, yeah, I'm, I don't think I, I think I pay him in the ballpark of like four year, give him giving him 12 to 13, a half million a year. That's kind of where I'm at with him right now. Nobody, nobody should be getting like, Christian McCaffrey. Christian McCaffrey is just a different breed.
0: Yeah, he's a he's a different breed from anybody anybody in the league because you know the way he runs between the tackles, the way he runs routes. He had over a hundred, a 1, thousand receiving yards, a thousand, a thousand rushing yards. I mean, he's just different from everybody in the NFL. Yeah, I mean, there's no way Cook should make that, but he's going to want 14 million. I, I I definitely can see that. I think he's going to want more money than you know Le'Veon Bell and David Johnson, and deservedly so. Those guys are completely overpaid, but. Do you even want to pay a running back that much money? And you've already lost Everson Griffin, and you've already lost – you had to trade Stephon Diggs because you're paying Kirk Cousins all this money. Do you not want to put a, a non-premium position? Because Cousins is not worth that kind of money, but he plays a, pre, a the most important position in the league. He plays a premium position. Now, if you're the Vikings, you might have to pay a, a non-premium position premium money, which I don't think is just tough to win a Super Bowl doing that.
1: It isn't, especially – you know, right before, right, kind of right after it was March 16th, the Vikings gave Kirk Cousins the two year $33 million or $66 million extension. So next few years, you're giving Kirk Cousins $33 million right there, which it's just, I don't, I know. And of course I know it's a, you know, quarterbacks are paid first and all that, but they give Kirk Cousins $33 million. It's a total joke. I feel like, um, but,
0: I mean, man, he did. He did, win, he did win. a playoff game. Yeah. I know Joe. Joe would completely agree with you. But he did. He did win a playoff game in New Orleans. And the funny thing with Cousins is, the bigger the game, the worse he plays. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, he actually, he, there are times where he looks like a top 10 quarterback, but then there's some prime time performances where he looks like a bottom 10 quarterback. Mm-hmm. It's tough to tell. That's why the Redskins decided not to pay him the money the Vikings wanted to pay him. So it's tough to tell with Kirk Cousins. I don't say it's a joke, but I still don't think he's obviously worth that kind of money. But it's a premium position in this league, and the Vikings need a quarterback.
1: Yeah, it definitely is a premium. Maybe a joke with a little bit overstatement. Maybe, you know, not the best move, maybe. Yeah, they give him $33 million because. Yeah, you know, and I think you said it too. I think Cook was the main reason. They, you know, was one of the big reasons that they went to New Orleans and actually won that game. Um, but the other thing, too, about McCaffrey is he hasn't never missed a game either. He's played all 16 games, all three years he's been in the league. He's caught over, you know, had 116 pads, caught 160 pads last year. Cook only caught 53. Um, I know Cook's a huge part of that offense. He's going to have to be now again next year because Stephon Diggs is gone. Um, but it, it's tough to give a guy that I know he, he looks like the durability is coming. It, you know, he played 14 games, um, this year. I know he missed, I think five. He missed nine, five
0: the year before. Five, yeah. So.
1: And then he only played four his rookie year. So, you know, I know it's in, and it was a knee injury too. He did tear his ACL too, which is kind of maybe down the line. look at Gurley right now, you know, David Johnson hasn't been the same, you can kind of look at those guys too and be a little worried. Um, but I was kind of looking at the numbers too. If the Viking did want to franchise tag him next season next season, it's probably gonna cost the Vikings around twelve and a half million twelve and a half million dollars next year.
0: That's probably that's probably less than what he wants right now.
1: Yeah. And then if they want to do it in twenty twenty two again, it's about it's probably gonna be about fourteen million. So there's twenty six and a half right there that you may have to give him if you want to franchise tag on. Um, so then do you just add another year or two right around the same price and then give him a signing bonus? You know, maybe I just, it, it is risky to give a running back that I think too, already had the knee injury again. He was pretty, he was healthy in college. I think he only missed one game in college and I think he was suspended. I believe too. for.
0: Yeah. He was uh, good in college. He was good in college before he, he was good in college for Florida state.
1: Yeah, he was with, uh, um, David, but. So again, it's, it's the knee injury too bugs me a little bit. But again, this guy's been a huge part of the Vikings offense. he's gonna have to next year. I'm not a big fan of hand running back big money. So I'm more in the ballpark if he wants 12 to 13. I know the Vikings have offered him around 8 to 10 million, which yeah, he's shot down. Um, it's, it sounds like, according to his camp too, it sounds like they think they're gonna get this done at some point but it, it, it's risky it's always risky to take a running back especially in an era where it's pass heavy and we're kind of seeing running backs go kind of more second third round you're not really seeing any first round running backs anymore so it, 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 it is a risk especially a guy that's a huge part of your offense you know
0: yes and then yeah, and that's why I and that's why I was, you know, against the Giants when they when they were three and thirteen, taking Saquon Barkley, number two overall, because I wanted them taking when they need when they desperately needed a franchise quarterback, because I wanted them taking a franchise quarterback. And you know a franchise quarterback, their lifespan is ten to fifteen years when a running back is seven to eight years. And the thing about running backs, you get them in the second round and you could get two guys that could do the job of one. So I'm not saying the running game isn't important. I think the running game is still very important, but I just don't think unless the guy is phenomenal as Christian McCaffrey or even Saquon Barkley, Barkley, I think he's now you have to because he took him number two overall. But if he's not Saquon Barkley, Christian McCaffrey, or Ezekiel Elliott, I just don't think you pay him $15 million a year or draft him, hot, draft him in the top 10. I think you could take, get running backs in the second or third round and you could get two guys. Say you have two guys that uh, rush for 70 yards a game. That's the same as one stud running back rushing for 140 yards a game. So, uh, yeah, the thing is you can't have two quarterbacks. You have two quarterbacks. You have no, you have no quarterback. You could have two running backs. Look at the 49ers with uh, with Raheem Mostert and Tevin Coleman. And they got to the Super Bowl in one of the best running games in the league. And those guys are not even top 15 running backs in the league. But still, with Kyle Shanahan's zone running scheme, you could get two running backs that could do the job of one. That's, that's why – I am against paying Dalvin Cook all this money, even though he's he was really important to that team last year. And and now and now we're going to go over you know the pros and cons of paying Dalvin Cook and and not paying and the pros and cons of paying or not paying Dalvin Cook. And we'll start with the pros. If you look at the Vikings last year, the Vikings were ten in two in games that they rushed for over a hundred yards, and that w- one of those two losses was in a meaningless Week Seventeen game to the Bears. So they were ten and two in games where they rushed for over a hundred a hundred yards and they were 1-5 in, in games where they didn't rush for over 100 yards. So that's a pro of paying Dalvin Cook. Another pro is the Vikings were 30th in rush yards the the previous year when Dalvin Cook missed five games. This year they were 6th in rushing yards, and the team improved. The, in 2018, they missed the playoffs. In, 2000, in 2019, they won a playoff game and a tough place to play in New Orleans and got to the second round of the playoffs. So – those are those are the uh, those are the, the pros of uh, of paying Dalvin Cook. The cons are though is if you remember in 2017, the year he tore his ACL, that team had the that team was seventh in the league in rushing and got to the NFC Championship game. And we all know who the offensive coordinator of that team was, Pat Shermer, and that's why he got the Giants job. But still, when Dalvin Cook tore his ACL, they got that year that that season his rookie year. The Vikings did get to the NFC Championship game. And also the Vikings have uh, Alexander Madison who averaged 4.6 yards a carry. We don't know what he could be. We don't know if he could be a feature back yet, but he also has a back that can get potential that has potential. So do you want to spend, you know, $14 million on a running back when you need to improve your offensive line? Uh, and you might have to improve your second, your secondary, and and maybe get another pass rusher because you lost Everson Griffin. Improve your O line, get another pass rusher. Do you want that fourteen million going into a running back when you have another guy who you drafted in the third round because you were you you didn't because of Cook's injury history? You thought maybe Madison would have to be that back when when uh, in the next couple of years because you don't know if you were going to pay Dalvin Cook. Do you end up paying him when you have a running back that, that average four point six yards of carry? He's unproven, but Madison has potential.
1: Yeah. Um, so my kind of pros. Um, one of the big one, yeah, you know, the big one for me is I think I said it a few minutes ago is losing takes. I think you're going to need another. I think you know he's such a big part of that offense. You lose him, and I don't, and I could see like uh, Madison kind of turning into one like an Austin Eckler type guy if you do lose, you know if he does hold out, he could kind of have a big kind of impact in the game. I could kind of see him, because um, it seems like at, you know, at times when he's been in there, um, he can be a pretty productive player for the Vikings. And I think the other reason is, I think it really helps Kirk Cousins to have Dalvin Cook because the put, you know, because they can play off the play action um, with such a, you know, with a top five running back.
0: And, and and that's a great point. Kirk Cousins is really, really good off play action. That that That's a great point there. And also you talked about, you know, if they lose, if they end up trading cook or, uh, or if they trade cook, that would mean they lose their best two, their two best skill guys. in in one off season, Stefan Diggs, they trade. And if they get rid of cook, they would lose their two best skill guys. So that definitely is a good point you made on paying them. You can go on Justin.
1: All right. Thank you. Yeah. Uh... Yeah, so, you know, um, those are kind of my two pros. The cons are, to me, it's the knee injury, the 20 ACL. We've seen David Johnson kind of struggle since that. We've even seen Gurley really take a um, a big hit off from that. Um, I know he bounced back well from that, but still kind of, I don't know, undecided there. And then also just as what you've said, the lifespan of a running back. You know, it's going to be year four. He's already had the knee injury. I just, you know, it it kind of seems like most of these run. You know, we've seen lately, Bell's been overpaid, and they want and they want to get rid of him now, because um, the Vikings are already tight too, in money-wise. You know, in their contract stuff. So, um, especially with the uncertainties of maybe the salary, the NFL leagues, the league-wide salary cap could go down. You know, with the uncertainty of, of fans being building with probably not gonna happen or maybe very few. So, you know, you could lose some of that. I just think I just think it's too risky. If he wants more than I would go 13 and a half million, I just it would be tough to give him another, you know, just for a running back. It, it's it's hard to, you know yeah, you, know, you just always worry about running backs. It just you know with how long they last in this league? This is a very tough
0: situation for the Vikings because if they pay him a uh, lot, they give him the 14 million or the or even the 16 million that he wants, uh, there could be in a very tough spot salary cap wise, paying that you know paying that non premium position premium money. And but what they want to avoid is the Melvin Gordon situation last year because you saw you saw with the Chargers. I mean, Melvin Gordon held out. Uh, he ended up coming back in week four. And then the Chargers ended up the Chargers ended up uh, he ended up not resigning with the Chargers and the Chargers got no value for him. And I guarantee you, if the Chargers traded like Melvin Gordon to a team like the Bears last year, they probably get at least a second round pick. So the Char- so I think the Vikings are really trying to avoid something like that happening. Because the Vikings, say they trade Cook in the in the offseason. They're, def- they're, they're getting no worse than a second round pick for him, seeing the season that he came off last year. So they definitely want to avoid something like that happening.
1: Oh yeah, definitely. Because you can get it, definitely a good tra- good amount of trade value for Dallin Cook. You, you know, as a running back, coming off his best season, coming off his most healthy season. Yeah, yeah. You don't want to turn it into a charge situation. You, you get nothing. And then the worst part of it is he signed with your division rival in the Denver Broncos now. Which yeah, so that's even the worst part. Like yeah. and, and and what you
0: could see here is is uh, they 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 want the, the 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 Vikings won't trade him to the Bears, but say you know he becomes a free agent he could end up signing with the Chicago bears. And that would be, that would be, a, that'd, be a, that'd be a nightmare for the Vikings. If he ends up going to a division rival.
1: Oh yeah. To play him twice a year. You know, after you don't, after you don't give him his money that he wants. Yeah. that could get uh very, very interesting. Yeah. So you don't want that situation. So I definitely could, you know, if they got to treat him, I, you know, if they do end up doing that, or you definitely want to treat him If you're not going to be able to pay him. You you just don't want to let him walk and then have no control or no nothing, um, or nothing to get back to letting go. You know your top offensive guy right now.
0: Yeah, and one thing that's going to be very interesting is is seeing how much the Titans are going to end up paying Derrick Henry because he signed his franchise tender uh, in the beginning at the beginning of April, and seeing how much money the Titans end up giving uh, Derek Henry per year could definitely affect this situation. Because say Henry gets like like. You know, up up in that range with McCaffrey and uh, Zeke, money that could force the Vikings to have to you know cave in and pay Cook that this kind of money. So that's why I think this the situation with Derrick Henry because they're all at that top at that top level of running backs right now. Even though Cook has only had one great year, I still put him in that top class with 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 the Henry Zeke uh, Barkley uh, Chubb. I, I keep I keep him in I I put him in that conversation and McCaffrey obviously I put him in that conversation with those guys so say Henry gets like $15, 16 million. Cook is probably going to keep holding out wanting that deal I I could really see that happening
1: yeah definitely I could definitely see that happening with um yeah I think Henry's going to probably get somewhere around. 14 to 15 i don't think anybody should be making more than christian mccaffrey the running back nobody should be making more no. than fifteen million million dollars so um i could definitely see him getting like zeke money we're right around 15 ish and, and if that happens yeah cook's gonna probably want that 14 15 million dollars um but again derrick henry just did lead his team the afc championship game
0: and you could say he led his team to the afc championship yeah. game too
1: yeah he did because he ran all over New England um, and then ran all over Baltimore. I guess it – I guess the defense did play well, too. They did force forward turnovers against Ravens, so I guess defense was a big part of that. Um, but still, I don't cook out them to win in new Orleans. which they go to New Orleans and win in, win in the playoffs. It, it, you know, that's pretty tough to do. So – um, but I think – it, it does, I think, really. It, I think that, you know, Coach's going to want more than – I think he's going to want what Henry's going to – or he's going to want a little bit more than maybe what Henry gets or right around there, which is going to be about $15 million, which I think in that case is too high. I just think it's it's too high to pay a guy like that. I know he's healthy, but this year I just – it's just uh, – you know, you never know the running back where you're going to get down the line.
0: Exactly. I mean, you see Todd Gurley and I'm with you there. You know, he had a great year this year, but he's one injury away from not being the same player. I mean, when I thought personally, when he, when he came off his torn ACL in 2018, I didn't think he was really the same. I don't think he was the same player to be honest, because he had a year where he had like, he played 11 games, but he had like 600, it was like 611 rushing yards. I didn't feel like he was the same player, but then he had that breakout season last year. So yeah, I'm with you there. I mean, he's a he's a, he's a really good player, but is he worth what Christian McCaffrey is? Absolutely not.
1: No, he, he's not and yeah, cuz I remember, you know, cuz 2018, yeah, he missed five games, you know, wasn't great um in you see the history of the 20 ACLs kind of the last few years with every you know with the last few running backs so, um it, you know that is it's, it, it it's a tough call always to, um, with the running back. I just, you know, and he looked you know, and he looked pretty good and he looked great, you know, coming. So who knows? Maybe, maybe he's kind of behind it because he didn't have that pass in college. He stayed well, you know, he stayed pretty healthy in college, playing like 13 games, 12 one year, and then 13 as junior year. So, you know, maybe it's just that one injury that, you know, maybe he had, maybe he just gets some, ball, you know, misses a game or two every year. But, It's just yeah, it's just it's just it's just risky to see yeah you know we've said it with Gurley with David Johnson those two guys were top tier running backs a few years ago and now you know David Johnson gets traded to Houston Gurley now just signs in Atlanta not getting a ton so it it, it's tough because you just don't want to waste all that money for a team that doesn't have a ton of it right now and I know they've already gotten rid of a couple of top guys that they couldn't have paid so you know it's such a tough call to, if you you know to pay a running back or not
0: here's here's the one thing with all these yes we, we we say we don't want to, we don't love paying running backs but with all these running back contracts now you know Zeke gets paid last year uh, McCaffrey gets Africa gets paid this offseason it looks like Henry's going to get paid this offseason Cook could potentially get paid this offseason for my giants Dave Geldman be ready to break the break the bank because you know Saquon Barkley is going to want to reset the running back market, and he's going to want seventeen million a year. And for where you drafted him, I know you can't. You don't want to pay that kind of money to to to, to, uh, to the running back position. But from where you drafted, when you needed a quarterback, you're going to have to do it. And there's no way at this time next year Saquon Barkley is not going. If he stays healthy and has a great year, there's no way Saquon Barkley is not going to want to reset the running back market next season.
1: Oh yeah, he, that, um. That I could definitely see Barkley getting 17 million because I think, too, like McCaffrey, he's so important to the Giants offense. Um, I he's such a big, big part of the Giants offense. He's been pretty healthy. I know he had the ankle injury this year, but when he's healthy and at his best, and now they kind of upgrade the offensive line a little bit, so maybe you know he get many shots. Um, I he's definitely gonna reset the mark. I definitely I think he's definitely gonna want like 17, 18 million. Um, I I think it probably around right around a, t- a year from now, he'd love to probably be the highest paid running back. And I think oh. giants are definitely gonna have to fail.
0: Oh, absolutely. There is no question about that. So we're going to wrap up the show talking about a 30 for 30. That's going to happen on a, uh, on, on Sunday. It's called long gone summer. And uh, this is, uh, I, I, when I, this, this, the summer of 98, I was seven years old. It was really my first really experience watching baseball and, it was an unbelievable summer, and it was an unbelievable baseball season. Outside of the World Series, even though know, the Yankees won, the World Series wasn't good. They swept the Padres. This is probably one of the best best baseball seasons you could ever remember. And you would go back to the time of when this was going on, too. This was This was four years earlier. There was a strike. People were losing interest in baseball. And this summer, with the Yankees having the year they had and this home run race, really was the summer that brought baseball back and joe could probably confirm this too this was the summer that brought baseball back i mean the, the, when these two guys were up the espn would cut in every single time these, these guys were up especially uh in, in once it got to july and august they were cutting in all the time with this home run race with these two guys and they were just going back and forth that year i mean just hitting home home runs it was so much fun to watch both of them go back and forth that year it was Mc- mcguire sosa i mean they, they were just they, they were so fun to watch mcguire had 70 home runs 147 rbis and he had, he had 290 two, two, hit 299 as well and sosa hit 308 had 66 home runs 158 rbis and he was the uh NL MVP that year so and, and and actually the next year i actually went out to st louis and i saw uh mcguire and sosa play against each other too. And, and they both hit home runs in that game as well. So it, it was just just such a great fun race chasing Roger Maris's record and mcguire ended up breaking the record. Funny, McGuire broke the record. Sosa actually hit 62, then went ahead of mcguire It was so was ahead hit, 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 hit going ahead of going ahead of Maguire doing him at the end uh, because mcguire ended up with 60 and so send up with 66 so i'm excited to watch this 30 for 30 because it definitely relives really the first year of my childhood remembering watching baseball and we remember this was the year you were born 1998 so you, you were just a little baby so you don't remember you're right you've seen clips of it but you probably don't you obviously don't remember you know watching it but it was a great summer and i'm just excited about excited for this 30 for 30.
1: Yeah, so I think that's pretty cool. You got to see Sosa McGuire. That's, that's, you know, that's special to get to see those two guys playing against each other and both hit a home run. That's, that's only over man forever. But yeah, so I was like, a, I was born in March, so I was like a month old probably when the season started. Um, but yeah, and I know when you going back, when you're saying, you know, this is kind of really state baseball, I saw the ratings for that year. ESPN ratings were up 21% that year, Fox were up 20%. So kind of right there. Oh, wow. Viewership was way up there. You know, I heard too, like, um, you know, even like the uh, nightly, nightly news, um, was talking about the home run chase, so it, it was such a big thing for baseball. Um, and I, you know, it's great too when i was seen the trail that actually Sosa and McGuire were both, and I, I don't know, for some reason, I thought maybe one of them or you know, wouldn't have been included in this, just uh, with no, I don't, I don't, I was a little worried one of them wouldn't, was, wasn't going to be in it, but yeah, this is, um. You know, of course, both, you know, we know both guys were kind of on steroids. At that time, I know they will admit it, but still, like, I know McGuire hit the longest home run in Bush State in history history at 545-foot home run, which is incredible. And he hit a bunch of 500-foot homers, which, you know, I've seen clips of them, but to just kind of see that, you know, like lot, you know, it, and with all these home run angles now and the launch, you know, I... I I don't know if you ever see somebody hit a home run that far again. Um, that that's really impressive. But I am excited to see this because obviously I didn't get to see this. You know, I've seen clips and all that. But so I'm I am excited to kind of really get into this and actually watch this because you know obviously I didn't pay I didn't watch any of it. So I am excited to see kind of this home run chase and you know you know what guys have to say about this all. So yeah, I am really excited to see. Um, this 30 for 30 Sunday night,
0: but, and we'll get into more into this next week. We do have to get into the unfortunate part of it. And that was with the P and, and it pretty much, unfortunately, because I remember when they were, when they, when they, when they ended up going in front, in front of the U S when, when they, when they, they front in front of the Supreme court, McGuire and Sosa in 2005, it kind of pretty much tarnished pretty much, a, which was an unbelievable summer kind of tarnished it all with the P and I know for me, think it was still, it was still a great summer. And the PEDs don't, you know, tarnish it for me as much. But in the court of public opinion, both of them being caught with PEDs, I feel like kind of tarnished both of their legacies, uh, and that's a bit, and that is the biggest reason and the only reason why both of them are not in the Hall of Fame.
1: Yeah, but I, that 100% complete you. Com- I 100% <laughs> completely agree with you there. Yeah, I think both you know both of those guys. Yeah, you know 100% you know agree that. Yeah, because that does hurt their – why the only reason they're not in the Hall of Fame Because you know. And we've seen kind of the history of, of that with the guys that have used steroids, you know, that still are not in the Hall of Fame. Um, and we don't know if that's ever going to change. Um, but, yeah, you know, it does tarnish it a little bit. It's, you know, it still would have been really cool just to watch nightly to see what guy kind of takes the lead. Does somebody hit, like, four – three or four home runs and pulls away, you know, um, so I think, you know, it would have still been really, really exciting for me to watch. Um, those two guys just go at it every night, especially, um, you know, especially, you know, um, and you kind of see it now, even with all the home runs that we hit now, you know, and at a record pace for throughout the league, the viewerships are all down. I think baseball needs something like this to happen Uh 2021 or, you know, when we get back to under 62-game uh, schedule. um, But, yeah, you know, that's something really – it's something um, – would have been really cool to see, you know, if I was kind of like 78 years old. You know, if I was older, it would have been really cool to kind of watch those two go out every night.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it was – when it was happening, it was one of the – it was so big. It was so huge. You forget that McGuire's team didn't even make the playoffs that year because they were on pretty much – the attention was on him pretty much every, every second. I mean, it was, it was on both of them. I mean, it was every day you'd, you'd read the newspaper, you'd have the scoreboard. Sosa McGuire, Sosa, uh, McGuire 60 Sosa 57. You'd have it in the newspaper all the time. And it was, it was, it was probably, it was, it was my introduction to baseball and it was, it was a lot of fun. I mean, it definitely got me into the sport at a young age and and, and I'm thinking of, you know, other, uh, this is what baseball kind of needs now to get, other young people into the sport because this is, was a huge thing to get a lot of people get me and a lot of my friends into the sport at a younger age. But what well, the thing baseball needs to do now is, is they need to find something like this to try to get younger fans back into the game. Because, you know, having this, having the strike four years before this, having this happen was huge. And it was, it was just at the time, it was probably the biggest, it was by far the biggest thing of that summer.
1: Oh yeah, De- you know definitely because um
0: after 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 the NBA finals, as we know, it's with, with Jordan.
1: Yeah, oh, oh yeah, after you know after that, you know, because that's when we really want baseball kind of ramps off July, July, is, you know, trying to trade deadline all star breaks kind of where. Yeah,
0: I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, the thing is, is I, here's my thing with baseball: you watch it a little bit in like a normal year, you watch it a little bit, you know, the the first couple of weeks of the season, but then the NBA playoffs start. So the, for those two months, you're kind of just watching your team. Then uh, late June, July is the biggest, and even, in even August because there is a little bit of preseason football in there, but I'd say uh, uh, late June, July, August are the biggest months in, for, 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 baseball, for baseball because there really isn't any regular games going on. And then obviously September is kind of a, is, is for me a football month. And then October, October then we all know that's the biggest one for baseball. So that, that that's the thing, and to have that going on in late, and that's when I really started, you know, following it. Late June, July, August, and early September of that year, when he broke the record in early September, that's when I that's when I really started really really getting into it. You know, me and my dad were starting to really get into that race. So it, it, it's been great, and and it led me to go see two actually two of their matchups. I saw them in '99 at Bush Stadium, McGuire and Sosa. They both hit a home run, and then I saw them in 2000 I think Sosa might have hit a home run in that game McGuire didn't McGuire had a terrible game I remember but yeah I saw two of their matchups and that and that probably and that, that home run race definitely led me to see to, to make Cardinals Cubs be must see and, and from like 1998 to to, to 2001 Cardinals Cubs was must see to me even as a Yankee fan that was the must see matchup in the National League because of those two guys.
1: Yeah, yeah that's crazy you had to see him twice in person was the second time at Wrigley or was it back in second
0: time was that second time was at Wrigley and we didn't have tickets for the game uh-huh. but we got like standing room seats like because it was sold out mm-hmm. that was back in the days when like th- those games would obviously sell out mm-hmm. and then and, and we had like standing room tickets like uh in right in right field like deep d- uh, like like down the right field line we were like standing like we barely could barely could see we were like we're just just barely in the park we had standing room tickets like right down the right field line just it was, it was more just being at wrigley than seeing. the first time was more seeing Maguire and sosa yeah. second time was just being at wrigley and it was a sun, it was a sunny night game and it would just happened to be sosa and McGuire, uh going up against each other but it was great seeing those guys go up against each other back in those days
1: Oh, yeah, I bet. Yeah, that's just cool just to be in the same stadium, though, the, watching those two play against each other. Definitely a treat to watch. Um, but, you know, definitely going back to what you're saying, yeah, like July, you know, June, July, August, late June. Yeah, it's kind of – those are the three big months because i watch the first couple And then October. Then October, October yes. Yeah, so yeah, of course, October with the uh, playoff. Um, but, yeah, baseball definitely needs kind of – definitely needs something like this to get the younger guys because – um, I think this was a couple months ago. The MLS um, commissioner was saying in 10 years, we'll, be, we'll pass baseball an audience. I don't know if that's actually true, but he, That's, you know, that, said, that, 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 that,
0: that's, that let's, let's say baseball's fault is not good right now, but that's nonsense.
1: I, I, I don't think it's going to happen. I don't, but, um, I don't, um, but look, they, you know, with right now, what's going on too, they're probably going to lose more and more followers. So it, they definitely need something as this, this, um, magnitude, maybe not, you know, I don't think we'll ever see something like that again, 70 home runs and 66 in the same, but one year, you know, in one year. Um, But yeah, I think baseball kind of needs like a big kind of race something along those lines to help their um viewers go up because it's, it's taken ahead. It's, you know, it's not great. Everyone, you know, even kind of across literally, you know, people are starting to go over to lacrosse or yeah. Yep, they, they, they,
0: they, they, they want action. And when this home run race happened in 98, it gave people action and it inspired people to play baseball, this home run race. So that's what it's missing today is fat is action like this. And that's what this home run race inspired people to do that. And that's why Bud Selig, even though the guys were taking steroids, he looked the other way because he knew it was benefiting the sport.
1: Oh, it, de- it definitely didn't. You know, I guess we get action now, but it's too much, and too many people are hitting home runs. Like you know, because uh, the record pace, and I think I think you kind of need a few guys that are kind of late in the race that are hitting them. Not you know, not like a Brett Gardner who hit thirty home runs last season or twenty-eight, whatever it was. You know, like uh, right now, too many guys are hitting 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 too many too many hitting home home runs. But um, I think they you know it. You know, probably wasn't. It, it was the right thing to do for Bud Selick to, for the sport to look the other way. Now, you know, it it, it it probably you know it helped the job out to have those two guys and not to um get you know accuse you know accuse them of taking uh, the steroids and all that. But uh, yeah, baseball baseball needs a need or something like that, and you know with the new juice ball, it's too many of it. Too many action. Too much action.
0: Yeah, I need, they need some stuff. that's a little bit organic, and and just reliving this race. It, it was just, it, it was a great memory in my childhood to relive this this race. Being seven years old, watching it, I really, really enjoyed it.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. I can't wait to watch it Sunday.
0: Yeah, so it'll be it'll be very, very interesting. So that's gonna wrap it up this week on Sports Talk with RNJ for my co host Steve Risser. I'm Justin Tanafrio. We'll be back next week talking about the ongoing negotiations between baseball and the players association. Have a great weekend, everybody.